Hello and welcome to another episode of Football Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. So we're here, final day of the Premier League season and a lot has happened in the past week. So because I didn't do a Match Week 37 episode, I thought it would be better in terms of context to just do a quick overview of what happened last week and then give a preview of the matches that are taking place tomorrow. Um, so without overdue, let's quickly review Match Week 37. So I think if you watched me in the last episode, uh, I was pretty much admit that the league is done uh, considering Man City beat Newcastle 5-0 in match week 36. I just thought it's a done deal. City have a hand on the trophy. But there was a lifeline. Uh, slightly unexpected. I, did, I do think a lot of fans did expect West Ham to get something from the match. But to be fair, considering the fashion that it went, I did not expect West Ham to be 2-0 up at half-time. Um, unbelievable start for West Ham. Bowen was on fire uh, and you thought, you know, maybe they can grab the win. But Sweetie, City switched it up uh, in the second half and to be honest, we probably should have won the game uh, with Mahrez missing a last-minute penalty. So that gave us a little bit of hope, if I'm being brutally honest. And an unexpected lifeline. But hey, we'll, we'll, we'll take that. Uh, end of the day. And in regards to Liverpool's game, uh, Liverpool won 2-1 against Southampton. That was a great win for the Reds considering it was pretty much a second team um, display. I felt like the match was sort of like a Carabao Cup tie. It didn't really have that intensity in my opinion. Liverpool had a poor start to concede that lucky uh, deflected goal by Nathan Redmond in the first half. And then second half, we stepped up. We had Taki Minamino scoring the first goal. And don't care what anyone says about Taki, huge respect for him. Considering he's a player that doesn't play a lot of games, whenever he steps on the pitch, he gives 100% and has played a pivotal part in us securing two trophies this season. So even if he stays at the club next season or not, for me, he's done his part and... Squad players like that are very hard to find because you'll get players where they'll come on relatively do okay, but he puts in a shift and he gets goals as well. So he's played an important role just as anyone else in the squad, in my opinion. And then we have Yo Matip who grabbed his second goal. Um, when, they, when the goal happened, it was a weird feeling because I didn't really, I, I could see the ball going in the back of the net. But I'm watching Sky Sports and I've got Martin Tyler's dead silenced commentary where I just feel like the TV froze for a second. It was just ridiculous. I think that goal hurt him um, more than it did for Southampton fans. And if you know Martin Tyler's a United fan, he won't say it publicly, but we will know. So, yeah. And I don't need to rant on about Martin Tyler's commentary. Liverpool fans know that he's just... <laughs> enthusiasm to say at least so nevertheless good win for us one game left and you know we can keep dreaming as Liverpool fans I've, and you know hand on heart I believe we'll do it and you know some people might ask me why do I believe it 
I believe there's a thing in karma when it comes to football. We lost the league a couple of years ago to City with one point, and I'm praying it happens to see this time round where Liverpool are victorious and win the league with one point in the same same shape or form. So we'll see how it goes. All will be revealed tomorrow afternoon. Um, in regards to other games that happen in Match Week 37, Newcastle beating Arsenal 2 0. Now, this was a shocking result, let's be honest. But more importantly, a shocking performance from Arsenal. Considering the importance of this game, I have to say how it is. They bottled it completely. The tactics were wrong. Players just look, I don't know, out of their depth. They didn't know what was going on. And I feel like I get that sense that Arteta just seems to crumble under these big games or under huge pressure. Let's be honest, Arsenal pretty much had um, one hand on the on the, it's not a trophy, but on one hand on the sort of fourth spot uh, position. It was pretty much theirs. It was in their hands. And they were cruising for the last two months, I would say. But they're falling under pressure now. And the next team I'm about to speak about, Tottenham, they beat Burnley 1-0 during match week 36. So Tottenham continued their winning form. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I've been saying Arsenal should get the full spot. I've changed my mind, if I'm being honest. I think, I think Tottenham will get it. They've got an easy fixture. Um, tomorrow, they play Norwich away and you've got Arsenal at home playing at Everton. So Everton have secured Premier League status. So maybe they won't have seen that game. But Tottenham and Norwich, for me, that's just a mismatch. Tottenham should walk all over uh, Norwich there. So unfortunately, for Arsenal, that looks like they'll be missing top four. And I think that's probably two steps back in terms of their progression as a club. This was the season where they had the perfect chance to get full sport, where they didn't have any European football, they didn't have such commitments. They were playing only Premier League games and the Cup games, but obviously they didn't. They were in the semi-finals in the Carabao Cup. So obviously played a few extra games, but didn't have any European football. So I think they're blowing it, if I'm honest with you. But obviously, you never know. Tomorrow, things could be different. Norwich might surprise everyone and beat Tottenham. And, you know, it's possible. That's the beauty of our, of our beloved football game here. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, in terms of match week 38, so the final week of the Premier League, I think there's six games that have been important. So the first one is Arsenal and Everton, as I mentioned. Uh, I think... Arsenal may win this game, but at the end of the day, it comes down to Norwich versus Tottenham. And I think Tottenham will win that game as well. So for me, Tottenham get top four, um, which if you looked at it, I'd say mid-season, it didn't look like it was going to happen in that way. And the signings of Kulusevski in particular, I know Betonko has done well as well, but I think Kulusevski has really transformed the Spurs attack he might not be the sort of player that is sort of easy and easy on the eye in terms of doing mazy skills and nutmegs and all that sort of stuff. But he's very effective on the ball, plays it simple, and is effective in terms of how he plays, running down the wing, crossing, had definitely has end product. So, so yeah, they've definitely switched up their season. 
probably one of the top signings this season. I'll probably say Diaz is not to be Liverpool biased, but I think Luis Diaz has had a fantastic impact at Liverpool. But Kulusevsky is pretty much the same as well, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think they've really, really turned their season around unexpectedly, to be honest with you. Uh, just got some comments here from Madison Smith. How should Arsenal fans feel about their season in totality? It's a tricky one because in terms of fans, I think fans will be disappointed if they do not get top four tomorrow because it was pretty much yours in the last two months. So from a fan's perspective, a lot of frustration and it'll be a heartbreak as well because that four spot will go to Tottenham, which is your huge rival. So for fans, yeah, it, it's progression in terms of league position from last season. But in the manner that it's panned out, I think Arsenal fans will be distraught. In terms of the Arsenal board and directed the hierarchy in Arsenal, I think their objective was to get Europa League. So that's why Arteta's contract extension was announced a couple of weeks ago. And I think they were like, he's met the target, let's reward him with a contract. So they're happy in terms of what they set out. But when you're so close to getting Champions League football, and I think this was the perfect season for you to get that qualification this year, because next year it will be more difficult. Um, yeah, it's a harsh term, but I think Arsenal bottled it, and that's the truth. So, so yeah, it is a shame, to, to say the least there. Um, but yeah, back to the match week 38 uh, preview. I see both Arsenal and Tottenham winning, so I don't see any shock in terms of those results. Uh, rather than talking the obvious about the title race, we still have a relegation battle going on. So you've got Brentford versus Leeds United and you've got Burnley versus Newcastle. So Leeds United have been sucked down in the last few weeks. Um, some were surprised. I was I was as well a little bit, but I thought Everton was in such terrible form that I feel like they would go down. And that's not me just speaking as a Liverpool fan that I want them to go down. I just didn't see them picking up any points just because of the manner and how they play. But with a couple of draws and they got the win as well, it definitely added momentum in terms of how they how they wanted to go uh, going forward this season. So. Fair play to them, they've done enough to get that Premier League status. Not sure about the celebrations, I think it was certainly over the top. Um, <laughs> you, you, you think they won the league? Um, my question is, when's the parade? Because you know they'll be celebrating about this um, in Liverpool. And obviously the scenes that I saw after the game where the fan trying to confront Vieira. Look, I'm not here trying to, you know, condone any violence or anything like that, but Vera did what he had to do. If I was put in that position, I would have done the same thing as well. So I don't think he should get punished for defending himself because God knows what that fan could have done. He might have had something in his possession to actually harm Patrick Vieira. So for me, that was self-defence. Hopefully he doesn't get any punishment for that incident. But yeah, terrible, uh, terrible uh, behaviour from certain fans in the Everton section. But yeah, the, the league needs to do something about this this sort of pitch invasion. It's, it's been happening too much recently. 
not enough security. I don't know. It needs to be looked into because it can, unfortunately, lead to incidents. You probably saw uh, last week as well where uh, Sheffield United's Billy Sharp got headbutted by a fan as well after their playoff game. So, you know, it's just going to cause a lot of issues for players as they have to maintain their professionalism. But when you've got a random thug in your in your face, you know, there's only one way to deal with that. Unfortunately, it is to be physical with these sort of people. So, yeah, the league needs to look into that, if I'm brutally honest with you. Um, my sort of prediction regarding the two teams for the relegation battle, I think Leeds United will stay up. Unfortunately, I think it will be Burnley that will go down. I think Newcastle will win and I think Leeds United will just get enough to to climb over. So, yeah, that's my prediction there. And then regarding the title race, wishful thinking, but, you know, I've got to be optimistic here. My team's in a position where we could win the league. So, I'm going for Man City, Aston Villa draw. Um, I'm going to predict Coutinho to get the goal. I know it sounds a bit like a dreamland in terms of what I'm saying, but if I put it into fruition and it's a reality, then, you know, I'm going to look amazing afterwards. And I think Liverpool will win against Wolves as well. So, so yeah, so those are my predictions for Match Week 38. So let me know what you guys think in the comments. Uh, but before we wrap up the show, um, breaking news this evening regarding... Kylian Mbappe, so he signs a contract extension with PSG. I think it surprised a lot of people as it was pretty much felt like a done deal that he was set to join Real Madrid. And I think there's a lot of people in Madrid that thought he was about to join as well. So, yeah, my opinion on the on the move, obviously everyone said career-wise he should leave uh, Ligue 1 and either enter the La Liga or Premier League in the future to kind of progress within his career, but also play in a sort of more competitive league. I think that's the sort of tone that a lot of people are saying in terms of that contract that's been presented to him. So I might be wrong here. So these are just figures that I've seen today. So apparently 300 million sign-on fee, and then it's 100 million per year after tax and then this is the part that's a bit alarming that he gets to decide who the next coach is he has a say on who the sporting director is and can also approve signings and sales so people have been saying for years that oh the game's been ruined because there's too much player power in terms of agents and people involved but obviously players have more of a stance where they can just walk out and not bigger than the club but in some situations it might feel like it in that way uh, player power is a thing don't get me wrong but this is ridiculous um, you've I always look at player power that it's a it's used as a sort of negotiation tactic to get a financial gain, so get a better salary, get a better contract, get a sign-on fee, which is the name of the game. Football is a business in the day, so I understand that. So in regards to Mbappe signing his contract, he'd be an idiot not to sign it. Let's be, let's keep it 100. To get that kind of money offered to you where, how old is he, 22, 23? He's still got years ahead of 
himself in the game. He'll be 25, 26 when that contract expires. And, you know, let's not say, let's be honest, he might not even stay up to that 2025 um, extension point. So he might be there for another year or two and then look to join Real Madrid maybe in the future, even though it seems like Real Madrid, um, yeah, they're a bit salty in terms of the announcement today. I believe La Liga, on behalf of Real Madrid, are suing Paris Saint-Germain right now um, due to sort of financial fair play and all that sort of stuff. But they just saw it because they really thought he was coming through the door and it's not happening. And it's pretty much turned their back on him. So calling him a traitor, calling him another Neymar and all that sort of stuff. So I know if, if you follow uh, how the Spanish media are, they're probably worse than the English one, to be fair, when it, when they're in full flow. So, but yeah, in terms of the contract, look, financially, I don't blame him. I, I would probably do the same thing for most of you. It's just the other aspects where he has more of an input in terms of the manager, sporting director, and improving signing and sales. That's ridiculous. That's a new level of control and power. Um, yes, this is the sort of contract where I feel like it can ruin the game. That is the one because you can't give a player that kind of power where he decides who the coach is. Like, what if he has a falling out with Poch? He's going to say, look, get me another manager. Like, it's, it's going to come to that sort of level. So, strange terms. Obviously, for PSG, they pretty much threw everything they could to try and make him stay. And they, they won. They won their case. Um, would be costly because I know they're in debt as well. But, you know, when you have wealthy owners, it can always be uh, scrubbed under the, the, the carpet, as they say. So, very, very surprised in terms of the in terms of the deal. A lot of people are sort of pointing the finger at Mbappé to say, you know, does he not care about his legacy and all that sort of stuff? He's a young guy. I would do the same thing. I'd sign that contract because I know when I'm 25, 26, I can still move to a club like a Liverpool or Man City or Real Madrid or Barcelona or Bayern Munich. They'll all be knocking on the, on his door. So he won't be lacking any suitors in, in years to come. So... So, yeah, financially, it makes sense for him. Uh, it's a good move for, I think, French football, that they've still been able to keep their golden boy in the same league. Because uh, if you think about if he's gone, then you've got Messi, has got one more year there. And then Neymar, I think, has said in the past that he'd like to play in the MLS as well. So it could be a league where there's not really any star power anymore. So... So, yeah, so that's just my thoughts on that. Let me know what you guys think in terms of Mbappe uh, signing. I saw this at uh, the presentation. It was quite spectacular. I've never seen a contract extension presented with fireworks and all sorts, sorts, sorts all of those sort of things uh, before a game. So, interesting. But, you know, it is a big deal for PSG and their fans, and I'm sure they'll be jubilant. I think they won 5-0 against Mets as well uh, just before I went live. So, so yeah, so they'll be happy and very merry, I would say, in this evening. So, so yeah, good for them. But, yes, that wraps up for today. So, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you haven't already, please don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. I appreciate your support. Next week, I plan to do sort of like an end-of-season uh, episode where I will give you sort of like a presentation of who I think has been the best player 
uh, team of the year and all that sort of stuff. So look out for that next week. And follow me on social media as well. So follow me at Aussie.ftp on Instagram or you can follow me on Twitter at AussieFTP. So expect to hear some announcements regarding future content coming up, um, maybe different formats. Who knows? Uh, I'll keep you guys posted uh, regarding further episodes in, in the long term. So, so, yes, thank you again, guys, and I hope to see you all soon. Take care and good night. Thank you.